Greetings, hello, and welcome to episode 51 of Ronnie's Reflections. I am Ronnie, and this is my weekly podcast journal where I look back on the week that I had, and I talk about things such as the stuff that I watched, the video games that I played, and anything else that I get up to in my day-to-day life. First and foremost, thank you all for your comments last week. We did have quite a few responses and listener feedback, where our question of the week last week that we tackled was, what is the most meaningful affirmation that you have ever received? First on the list, we've got Aiden H., who says, I don't have any specific positive affirmation that is the most meaningful to me, but I can definitely relate to holding certain people's feedback higher than others. I talked about how I've got a couple of bosses at my work that I really, really like it whenever I get positive feedback from them. Aiden goes on to say, Back in elementary and high school, we were spoon-fed positive feedback, but now in college it feels more rewarding. Getting a kudos from professors and faculty because the workload is so much more demanding. Absolutely. I feel you. I appreciate the comment, Aiden, and can absolutely relate to that as well. Our boy Richard Mincy said, For me, it was when I was coming in super early and staying late at my job so that we could get caught up in receiving. My manager told me he really appreciated me for the time I sacrificed for the company and that he liked my hard work. It kept my... And it kept everybody from having to come in on Saturday. So my team was very thankful as well. Now, let's talk about Domino's, Richard says. Next time, order a pan pizza with Alfredo sauce, bacon, and mushrooms. Becca James Williams wanted to go to Domino's once again this week. However, I didn't see this comment in time to order Richard's custom pie. I did go with something a little bit different. I built my own pie. We did thin, crispy chicken, sweet barbecue sauce instead of red marinara sauce, uh, bacon, and I think that was it. Bacon, chicken. It seemed like there was something else on there. Maybe that was it. I don't know. It wasn't very good. I wouldn't recommend it. Not a great combination, but uh, the pan pizza with Alfredo sauce, bacon, and mushrooms, that kind of made my mouth water a little bit whenever you said that. So we're going to put that on the list, and we're going to make it happen. Uh, So yeah, that was our feedback from last week, and this week we got a new question of the week, which is, what is the most beautiful sound in the world? Our boy Greg, a.k.a. Brickitect, is answering these questions as well on his own podcast, Greg's World Podcast. And he did this one recently, and I think that he he kind of said something that was very smart. He said, you know, like, don't take the easy way out on these questions. Of course, most people would be tempted if they have a child to say that the most beautiful sound in the world to them is the sound of their laughter or talking or something like that. So I'm not going to take the easy way out. However, I do have a couple of different things that I would like to suggest as my favorite sounds in the world. The first of which is my favorite song by Hot Mulligan, my number one favorite band. I'm rocking the Got Mulligan hoodie today for the podcast, if you're just listening. Uh, My number one favorite band for a couple of years now, my favorite song by them is Green Squirrel in Pretty Bad Shape. And I thought that I would play just like the first 30 seconds of the song for you guys, because it's, it's a song that never, ever fails to put a smile on my face. So I'll turn the microphone around. I know that audio quality isn't super good when I do this, but enjoy Green Squirrel in pretty bad shape. Tingles every time, tingles.
All right, so that was that was like a minute and a half. I just couldn't I couldn't stop it. <laughs> I love that song so much. It just makes me makes me happy hearing it. This is a little guitar part. It reminds I never made this connection before, but the riff, the main riff, reminds me of um, what's my age again? Blink One Eighty Two just slowed down ever so slightly. I wonder if it's a very similar pattern. I know that uh, Chris Freeman, the guitarist, big Blink One Eighty Two fan, so that's that's kind of cool. That's kind of crazy that I just now kind of put that together. But that is one of my uh, most favorite and beautiful sounds in the world. The other one, it's kind of interesting because I, if you guys have followed me for any amount of time, you know that I get into different hobbies. And whenever I get into them, I get into them pretty hardcore. Sometimes they last a while. Sometimes they last a little while. Uh, Previous to my current hobby, it was Lego. And I thought the most beautiful sound in the world was that whenever you get a plastic bag of Lego pieces, brand new set, and you open it up, and you let all the pieces out on the table. I always thought that that was such a beautiful sound. I love that. It's a little ASMR. Well, now I've moved into the world of Pokemon cards, and I really like the sound of that. A fresh pack of Pokemon cards. There's nothing like it. And I thought I would go ahead and open up this pack. This is Evolving Skies. Um, definitely the most valuable pack of cards that uh, is exists right now in the world of Pokemon, like as far as modern sets go anyway. Very in demand. You can pull a $500 card out of this set and uh, the booster boxes, which is like 36 packs. Those are going for, I think, like 275 bucks right now, which is pretty crazy. So I'll be quiet and I'll let you guys listen to what this sounds like whenever we open it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, let's see what we get. Ooh, we do have a black code card, ladies and gentlemen, which uh, I'll turn it around. Black code card means it's got a black border, and that means that it does have some kind of hit in it. Some kind of something hit in it. Focus. We're not going to get the focusing. Okay, that's fine. The only thing that matters is like the fourth or fifth card. (laughs) Everything else is bulk, and it's garbage. It doesn't matter. All right, there's our reverse. It is a snow leaf badge, it looks like. Do we have anything spicy? We don't have anything spicy. It's going to be a regular hollow, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen. But it is a Dialga. Dialga is pretty cool. So, yeah, uh, that's a beautiful sound. Get, like, the Pokemon card sound on the microphone, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I like that sound. It's a good sound. Wouldn't that have been amazing if I would have pulled that $500 card right here just, like, out of nowhere, out of random? It would have been amazing. And uh, that's that's why it is so addicting because uh, there's always the chance that you could pull that chase card out of there uh those are my two favorite beautiful sounds in the world that don't have anything to do with my son so if you guys have a beautiful sound in the world that you really love share that in the comments this week don't take the easy way out give me something kind of random like i did let us talk about the stuff that i watched this week i've got four things that i finished that i've ranked that i've rated I might have missed something that I watched this week, but uh, I thought four things was kind of enough to talk about. Really, really good stuff. So we'll start out with the thing that was maybe the thing that I was least excited about, which was the movie X. Uh, Our buddy Carter Scotland Allen recommended this movie to me, and I thought it was good. I give it a three out of five. The concept is a horror movie, and (laughs) it's a, a group of people who are going to go to a farm and shoot a low-budget pornography movie. Uh, There are, I think, three women, three men, and they wind up at this random farm, and, of course, creepy, weird stuff uh, happens almost immediately. Um, 
I don't know that I would say it was all that predictable. I did enjoy it. Like, I'm not a huge spooky movie fan, but I, th- I thought that it was really good. The ambiance and vibe of it was good. I think it was maybe taking place during the 80s or so. There weren't cell phones or anything like that. Um, so it was kind of a throwback to older horror films. And uh, overall, I thought it was good. Three out of five. Next thing I watched, finished, House of the Dragon, season one. That is getting a five out of five for me. I thought it was amazing. Uh, the best season of Game of Thrones television that we have had in a long, long while. Um, maybe, mm, I almost said ever. Not ever, not ever. There were some seasons of Game of Thrones that I thought were were better. But House of the Dragon was excellent. I can't wait to see where they go from here. Uh, I think that George R.R. R. Martin, the creator of Game of Thrones, the author, has been on record stating that he would like to see House of the Dragon get four seasons Four seasons, which that would be that would be really good. Um, it was kind of a was it a slow burn though? I was gonna say it was a slow burn. Like a lot of stuff happened every single episode, but if you're looking for like the big dramatic uh, epic fight at the end, that's not that's not gonna be this. So it's not gonna be like in Star Wars. Everybody loves like I love the first one, which was Episode Four, because there's a big fight at the end. But then Episode Five. It's kind of like, like there's a big reveal at the end, right? Like Luke, I'm your father. Like that's awesome, but there's not a big fight. And I think that House of the Dragon season one is kind of like Empire Strikes Back in that there's not a big epic fight at the end, but there's the joy of the journey is definitely there in House of the Dragon. That's that's all I'll say about that. If you haven't watched it, watch it. If you haven't watched Game of Thrones, you don't have to. Uh, House of the Dragon is a prequel. You have to have zero knowledge about uh, Game of Thrones in order to enjoy House of the Dragon. Very, very solid television. Five out of five. Speaking of more solid things of television, The Patient. I finished The Patient, which is a limited series on FX, but I watched it on Hulu. Stars Steve Carell, who plays a uh, psychiatrist, and he winds up getting kidnapped by uh, one of his clients, and one of his clients is addicted to killing. So he kidnaps Steve Carell, puts him in his basement, and he wants to stop killing, and so Steve Carell has to kind of figure out, how do I get out of this situation? Uh, I think it was eight episodes. I want to say it's either eight or ten episodes, maybe 30 minutes apiece, so really, really quick, good pacing every single week. All of them are out now. Uh, I was really happy with how the season concluded. Um, Not something that you've seen over and over and over again, not highly predictable, and uh, very, very interesting. Really recommend that as well. Very, very good television. Four out of five for me. That's great. Great on the scale of Ronnie's uh, TV rating scale-o-rama. And then I got another four out of five show. It's The Mole. Last week I talked to you guys about how I think I had maybe two episodes to finish up that they hadn't released yet. Well, they released those two episodes and I have finished The Mole. And I can tell you, the person that I thought was The Mole from the get-go made it to the finale, the final three. So in the final three, there's two players and one mole. And I got to figure out, well, which one's the mole and which one is the players. And the person that I thought was the mole from the very first episode wound up not being the mole and they did not win the competition. So that was kind of a letdown that I didn't, I didn't figure it out. And the person that I don't, I don't want to say anymore. I don't want to spoil it. Everybody should watch the mole. That way we get more seasons of that television show. Cause it's really, really good. The only thing that I didn't like, usually they do a little wrap-up episode of like maybe 30 minutes where they look back on the season and they show clips exactly how the mole um, 
uh, messed up some of the challenges, and they did a little bit of that, but it was only three or four minutes long, and it was kind of a it was kind of a letdown in that because I feel like that's a big payoff to watching the mole is is you know week to week trying to find those clues because in previous seasons of the mole they were very intentional about the mole doing things to sabotage and filming those, and that way they could show you those things. That way, if you were watching and you were watching very closely, you could pick up on something really really small. I don't remember a specific example, but they would do things like uh, somebody would have a necklace on and it would it would be a mole ne- a necklace. Like that's really, really obvious, but something along those lines, they didn't actually do that. But if you were watching really closely, you could have picked up on that. And it was always fun to go back and watch those episodes and relive the season and be like, oh yeah, I totally missed that. Or, oh yeah, I saw that. That's, that's how I picked out the mole. Uh, but they didn't do that. Uh, very much so. That's okay, but that's that's pretty much all the stuff I watched this week. It was a banging week of television watching for sure. I very much enjoyed it. Our next section is games I played this week. There was really only one game that I played this week, and it was a continuation from last week, which is Disney's Dreamlight Valley. I sunk probably another, I don't know, five to ten hours into this game. I was getting frustrated with it because it kept freezing on the menu, and I'd have to force quit it and get back into the game. I think I figured out what the issue is on Xbox. They've got this feature called Quick Resume, where you can just turn off your console, and then when you turn it back on, your game will pick up literally right where you left off. And I noticed that whenever I force quit Dreamlight Valley when I was done with it, and kind of came into it fresh, I wasn't getting those freeze issues. But this game really is Animal Crossing, for Xbox or Switch, or like it's, I think it's available on all platforms, but it's on Game Pass on Xbox, so you can pay it for free. If you like a game where you can just kind of turn your brain off and collect things and do fetch quests and interact with cute, adorable Disney characters, uh, I've got Moana, I've got Wally, Goofy, Mickey, trying to get Minnie on the island right now. Um, I think that's that's all the characters I've unlocked. So it's kind of a slow burn. Uh, but there's crafting and, and resource gathering and leveling up your character and world building. And other than the freezes and the crashes, the game runs really well and it's a lot of fun. So I definitely see myself continuing to play more Disney Dreamlight Valley, which is just crazy to me. Uh, I, something has happened, and I've talked about this before, where I just will not buy a, a video game anymore. I will not pay... Full price for a game. The next game that I'm going to pay full price for is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And really, Nintendo games are the only ones that I'm willing to even pay full price for because they don't have a service where their games eventually come out on and they're free. I pay for Game Pass. I pay for PlayStation Plus Premium. And I feel like that's how I'm spending my money on games these days. It's it's Sometimes it works out really well, like with Dreamlight Valley. Like That's not something that I would probably ever try because I wouldn't pay for that. But other times it's like, I would really like to play the new Splatoon 3. I would really like to play the new Horizon Zero Dawn, I think it's called, on PlayStation. Uh, Elden Ring. There's a couple of games that come out and the hype is real. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I, I, I will not pay any amount of money for that because I know if I buy it, I'm going to get frustrated with it. And I'm not going to want to pay it for it anymore. Uh, but you know, as soon as the Activision merger goes through, hopefully they'll add Modern Warfare 2 to Game Pass and I'll be able to play the game that way. So, um, Phil Spencer came out this week on uh, Xbox and did an interview and was talking about Game Pass and how it's 
uh, highly profitable for them now, but they think they've reached a saturation point where they just they don't have any more people really to sell Game Pass to, which tells me that the attachment rate for that is really, really good, that if you have an Xbox, you have Game Pass. Like, it's kind of a no-brainer with that. Um, but it's just interesting. You know, they released Halo. It came directly to Game Pass. Nobody was buying copies of that, and the game was not received really well, and it kind of tanked, and... You know, I, I don't think that people signed up for Game Pass for Halo. They signed up for Game Pass because it's already a really good value, and Game Pass just kind of showed up one day. So it will be interesting to see what what the model of Game Pass looks like in the future and how that's going to affect, I guess, me and my, my buying uh, habits throughout time as far as video games go. But I'm fine to wait for all of those games to just hit the service later on. I've got plenty of stuff to play. I do want to pick up the new Mario and Rabbids game as well, but again, that's another Switch game, and I will probably pay full price for it because I really did enjoy the first Mario and Rabbids game. That might already be out. I don't know if it's out yet or not. Anywho, other stuff and things. Uh, I got a really funny text message from Emily, my ex-wife, this past week that I thought I would read you guys. In this week's edition of How Our Son Has Scarred Me for Life, last night I was helping him wipe his butt before he took a shower. He normally takes a bath, which is in a different bathroom, so I didn't have wipes in there, so I was just using toilet paper. For some weird reason, he clenched his butt cheeks and ripped the toilet paper out of my hand. So, there was pieces stuck in his butt crack. I told him to get it out, but he was laughing too hard. So I tried to pull some of the pieces out, and then all of a sudden he yelled, Mom! Why did you put your hand in my butt? <laughs> She goes on to say, so then I was trying to explain that it was not in his butt. I was trying to pull stuff out of his butt crack. And that is Beckett James Williams in a nutshell. I thought that that story was just too good not to share and uh, to have a record of in the podcast forever and ever. When Beckett goes back and listens to these things, he can uh, remember the good old times whenever, uh, yeah, he got toilet paper stuck in his butt and his mom had to fish it out. Pokemon buying story. I've got a little buying story I have to share with you. Uh, I went to Walmart this morning after I dropped Beckett off and I needed to get some groceries and I had decided before I went in there that I was going to purchase some more of the Evolutions Premium Collections uh, at Walmart if they were available. They, I guess they've reprinted them because they keep stocking the shelves and stocking the shelves and stocking the shelves. It's not like they just had one set. I buy all that they have and then the next time I come in they put more on the shelf. So I was like, I'm going to buy some more because the promotional cards in them, there's two, and they're going for anywhere from $20 to $30 each. Uh, so you usually get $40 to $50 in just those two promotional cards. And then you get a jumbo card and a pin and then six packs. Uh, so the value is really there, and it's really a cheap way to get – it's really a free way to get to get cards. I just – I flip the promotional cards on eBay. That pays for the box, and then I get the cards for free uh, basically. But also I like the little plastic containers that they come in because I can use those in my flea market booth. It just works out really, really well. It's it's no risk, essentially. Uh, but I got in there, and whenever I got to the card aisle, there was a small young boy and his mom. I would say the boy was maybe 9 or 10 years old, if I was to guess. And they were looking at the Pokemon product, and I could kind of tell that they were trying to make some hard choices because there's so many different options they just couldn't pick what what there was. And so I didn't want to go and just grab all of these premium collections in case that was something that he wanted to pick out. They picked one up and he was like, man, this is really cool, but I just don't know. And he put it back. And so then I stepped in and I was like, hey, uh, if you want to buy one of those, like you can totally have one. But if you're not, I'm going to buy all of them. But I would highly recommend 
out of all of the products on this wall that you pick one of these premium collections because the promotions are worth essentially as much money as what you're going to pay for the whole box. And he's like, really? And I was like, that's, that's really cool. And the mom was like, oh, that's like awesome. Like, thank you so much for your help. And I was like, of course, of course. So he got his, uh, I think he wound up choosing Jolteon. So I got one more Flareon, two more Vaporeon, and one more Jolteon. So I got I got four more boxes. He got his box, but that was just a really cool thing. It, it reminded me of, uh, you know, what it's all about, like what the hobby's all about. It's all about the kids. It's not about dirty, rotten scalpers like me trying to make money in it. Um, like I, I collect and do that stuff, but I'm I'm in it more than anything probably to make money, if, if we're being honest. Um, so that was a good, not really a wake-up call, but it was nice to go in there and see um, a kid invested in the hobby and to, you know, like kind of lead him to a product that I thought was really good and that he would really enjoy opening up. So I just thought I would share that story. I thought it was fun. It kind of made me feel good and also bad at the same time because then I bought all the boxes and no other kids can get them. <laughs> Plus one and minus one. I'm, I'm even that way. Sure. We'll go with that. Uh, two more little short stories. Crunchy peanut butter. I, I bought some Jif extra crunchy peanut butter a couple weeks back. I was talking about how I'd kind of gone to the creamy side of the peanut butter realm. And I asked you guys what you thought. There were a couple of people that said crunchy is still the way. And uh, I had a, a creamy peanut butter sandwich yesterday and I just felt like it was lacking. It was lacking something. And I thought, you know what, if this had some crunch to it, it would feel like like a little bit more of a meal. So I got a, a smaller thing of Jif Extra Crunchy Peanut Butter. I made myself a, an Extra Crunchy Peanut Butter and Jelly Tortilla today. I don't know why, but I was like, hey, I'll try and use one of my uh, low-carb tortillas instead of the bread just to kind of see if it's tasty. And it is tasty. It's very good. Uh, but that Extra Crunchy Peanut Butter, that hits a little different. That hits a little different. It, it tastes... It tastes like my childhood because that's what I grew up on was Jif Crunchy Peanut Butter. Now it's extra crunchy, and I just like the crunch, and it just feels like there's more volume in there. Uh, it was delicious. I think I'm back on the crunchy peanut butter bandwagon for sure. Last but not least, uh, I've been doing something this week uh, a lot that I've really enjoyed, and I would recommend to everyone. So you go and you get yourself a fire pit whether you are in the, the camp of uh, actual wood or in my case, um, I love a fire that I can kind of set up, light it on fire, and it'll burn for 30 to 45 minutes and I don't have to do anything to it. And it gets plenty hot enough to where if it's around like 40 degrees is kind of pushing it when it's too cold to sit by the fire. But if it's like 50 uh, then that's that's so good. And I've been sitting by the fire. I make a little, uh, I've got a pellet fire pit that my parents bought for me last year for Christmas. It's very tiny. It was only $100 on uh, Amazon. And you buy these wood pellets. You can get them anywhere. They sell them at Walmart or Ace Hardware, basically everywhere. And they're only like $3 a bag for these pellets. And um, you get a scoop, uh, which I use a Kool-Aid pitcher which is probably a gallon size pitcher, I would say. And I put that scoop of pellets in the bottom. And I also purchased some wood bricks. Uh, I don't know if these are not as widely available. They did not have them at Walmart. I had to get them at Orschelens. I don't know how you say that word. Orschelens? Orschelens? I think it's Orschelens. I had to get them at the farm store. And essentially they're just bricks, but they're made of wood and they're made to uh, be burnt like for warmth. 
and I wound up cutting those into thirds. And I discovered that if I put one in the bottom of my fire pit and surround it with pellets, then I get like an hour of really, really good fire. Um, the pellet fire pit does not smoke either. So you can sit right there next to it. You're not going to get covered in smoke and get choked out. Uh, I've still been reading my uh, Fire and Blood book based upon House of the Dragon, which is what House of the Dragon, the TV show, is based upon. And I still really don't, like, I have a hard time following it because there's like a million and one characters in there. But that's just been really nice. I've started my day a couple of days this week, just going outside, starting a fire, and reading my book. I think it's really, really good to get some vitamin D. I wear sunscreen on my face every day, so that's good. I kind of sort of sit in the shade. But uh, I just feel like it it really, uh, it's fun. And it makes me feel good. Being outside, sitting by the fire, reading a book. I almost, I was tempted to do my podcast out there this week because I could have taken my laptop and I've got another external microphone that I could have taken out there. That might be a thing in the future. I might do that in the future. But I was worried about the wind because it does get rather windy here in the good old state of Kansas. Uh, but that's it, folks. We have reached the end of the episode. So if you want to respond to the question of the week, just another reminder, what is the most beautiful sound in the world? Don't take the easy way out. Tell me what that is in the comments below. I hope you all have a fantastic week. I don't think I have anything crazy planned. We're doing Halloween stuff. We did uh, Halloween in the park last night in Erie, which is, uh, they just set up random uh, cardboard houses and they get people to hand out candy to kids. So we took Becky to that. There were some bounce houses. Tonight we're going to Galesburg, which is where his mom lives. It's only like 15 minutes from where I live. And we'll do Trunk or Treat in the church parking lot. Same kind of concept. Uh, you don't have to walk around to a bunch of places and it's all just kind of centrally located. So that'll be fun. And then uh, tomorrow is Halloween. Halloween is on a Monday this year, and I don't really know. I don't know what we're doing. I have no idea what we're doing. I've got Pokemon cards to hand out, little packs of Pokemon cards. I've got Reese's Pumpkins to hand out. I don't know if I'll be here doing that or if I'll be out and about with Beckett trick-or-treating. But I hope you guys have a fantastic trick-or-treat Halloween. Hope you have a great week. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. Take care, everybody.